And now it's time for Half Hour to Health. Sit back, relax, and find out how you can live a better life. Here's your host for Half Hour to Health, Dr. Stephanie. Here with Dr. Brooke Mills. Good morning. Good morning. And we have a very special guest with us today on Half Hour to Health, the podcast and the radio show now here on the Pulse Network. Jeremy Woodward, Ironheart Jeremy, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored and super pumped to be here with with the both of you today. We have a great topic for discussion today. We do. Doing hard things. Doing hard things. Uncomfortable things. Yeah, getting uncomfortable. So Jeremy, you just did something that I find Extremely uncomfortable. uncomfortable. (laughs) I can't even imagine ever doing it, but tell us about your most recent adventure. Yeah, so almost two weeks ago, 12 uh, 12 days ago, I had the opportunity to tow the line at Ironman, Arizona. So I had the uh, uh, privilege of being able to swim 2.4 miles, bike 112, and run a marathon at the end, 26.2 miles. What? It was hard. you you know with iron man you can never ever not respect the distance and that day was challenging but it was a day i'll never forget you biked 112 and then ran a marathon i guess i never realized what exactly an iron man was <laughs> believe it or not the scariest part i think to the whole thing is the shortest component of it which is the swim, the swim? Mm-hmm. and that's 2.4 miles because for me, like I'm an okay swimmer. Um, I can get from point A to point B, but you have to be able to do it with other people around you. You're not necessarily grounded, so it's not like you can just all of a sudden like, you know, jump off your bike and, and walk away. Like you're in the water with that day was fifteen hundred plus athletes. Um, it's scary. It is scary, it's crazy. And uh, you know, it, like you just said, like doing hard things, it's doing something very hard. So it starts with the swim. Correct, yes. So you start with the swim, you swim two and a half, uh, well, 2.4 miles, and then you transition and then immediately jump on the bike for 112, which in this case at Ironman Arizona, it's three loops, the three loop bike course. And then you uh, finish the bike course, you get off the transition, and then you go into the marathon, which is 26.2 miles, and that's a two loop run. It was a beautiful, it's a beautiful bike and it's a beautiful run course. All right, I have to ask, why? Why did you sign up for that? Who signs up for that? And you've done this before. I have. I have uh, completed one Ironman. I completed Ironman Lake Placid, and that was a very hilly course. Um, Fortunately, Arizona is flat, so one would think that it's going to be not easier because there is no easy Ironman, but one would think that it would be maybe less challenging because you don't have 8,000 feet of climbing or almost 8,000 like Ironman Lake Placid would. And uh, so this particular one, um, you know, you deal with different elements like the winds on the bike. The wind on the bike was crazy, especially the second and third loop. It was just, I mean, I, you, know, you go from like a 20 plus mile per average on the bike to like seven miles per hour. Oh. Yeah, it was crazy. And why would I sign up? Um, I just, the challenge, um, there were so many factors that went into it. I wanted my girls, going back to what you said earlier about doing hard things, I wanted my three girls, I have a 15, a 12, and a six-year-old, I wanted them to see me do something very hard and finish it during a very challenging time in our life the last, you know, the last year and a half has been very difficult on so many levels, especially the last six months, 
but I wanted them to see me do that. And I thought, you know, I, I don't think there's any right time to do an Ironman. Like, if you could sit there and wish for, like, the perfect conditions in your life and then on race day and whatever. But for this one, I want to do something very hard in a very challenging time so that when life may get difficult for them someday, they're going to remember that day when their dad completed the Ironman. And they were old enough to understand it, respect it. And hopefully, you know, maybe it rolls over into their life and maybe they go out and, and maybe we do one together someday. I don't know. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So it was an awesome day. It was a hard day. It, like I said before, I, I'll never forget it. But um, it's funny because the day after, I was like, never again. This is it. This is my two and done. That's it. <laughs> and then just the other day, I was like, hmm, okay, which one could I do again next year? No. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife looked at me and she's like, absolutely not. Well, she didn't say that. It was actually a few other words put in there. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, let's see. Maybe we can do another one. That's Amazing. so inspiring. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, there was uh, so much support along the way um, from you, Dr. Stephanie, and from a few others in the community that made it happen. And uh, I'll just, uh, I'll never forget it. So it was just, it was an incredible day. So, Brooke, you've been doing some things that are outside your comfort zone for a little while now. Mm -hmm. Yours are different, though. Yes, I'm no Iron Woman. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what you've been doing that's been challenging to you personally, and why Why are you pushing yourself? Well, I suffered, for those of us that are unfamiliar, I suffered a brain injury in 2014. I was kicked in the head while in my mandatory gym class. And from that accident, after being a competitive dancer, my world was really just flipped upside down. Uh, for starters, I never really knew what a concussion was or what that looked like or what that healing process was going to look like for me. Um, but I lost a lot of the abilities that I had had prior to my brain injury. I really struggled in school. I wasn't able to maintain the, the good GPA that I had had prior. I wasn't able to keep up with extracurricular activities. I never got to return back to dance class. Um, and so it was, it was challenging for me to be able to continue to find myself and discover myself as a 15 year old young girl and young woman to be able to um, push through high school and still have aspirations after that. So um, one of the things that I think I've done that was challenging was being able to flip that script and adapt to the challenges that life had handed me and be able to be an advocate for brain injury survivors and just try to make a purpose out of a challenge that was not not a choice for me, not able to put myself to, through something challenging, but you know, it, it, the universe knew that that was meant for me and it helped put me on the path that I am today. Um, but something that's more recent and coming up for me that's challenging and definitely um, pushing me to get out of my comfort zone and get out of places that have ease and feel feel more comfortable um, I'm going to Miss America in just a few weeks and so preparing for that is like nothing ever before I'm sure you can kind of relate to training for an Ironman I mean but I only get to go to Miss America one time um, it's you're more likely to have a son play on the Super Bowl field than a daughter walk across the Miss America stage just because of um, the qualifications that you have to meet in order to be able to get to Miss America so finding this training plan and being out in the community and continuing to be adaptable and show myself 
as show up as the best version of myself every day has been challenging, but so rewarding. Mm -hmm. How do you think putting yourself out in difficult situations can impact your mental health? Great questions. Um, I would say that when you commit to something, you're committing to something bigger than, especially something like the Iron Man and having a family, like you're committing to something really huge and it forces you to stay really focused. Mm. You can't like, and not to take away anything with a shorter distance race, like a 5K or anything like that. Those are amazing. And for so many people, like a 5K might be their Ironman in their life. They may never ever do something like that. But you could almost get away with that with doing not any training or very little to none. Um, but like, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from that because it's a huge, huge um, accomplishment for so many people. But to do something like an Ironman, like you have to commit. And it's not just a me effort, it is an us effort, especially with like our family. And with doing so, it's just like everybody has to be on board and it keeps you focused because you're doing it for not only for you, but for others. And um, I know for me, like it has been so challenging on so many levels from like a business and personal level and all these things that this was the best thing in my life at this point to be able to do this Ironman, to get it done so that the girls could see me finish. Like there were so many reasons behind it. It was more than a race for me. And, you know, I've been through heart failure. I've survived two heart surgeries. The first time that I did Ironman was a big deal for me because I wanted to prove, like, okay, I have just gone through heart failure, my second heart surgery, and, yeah, I want to do, like, the most challenging single-day event on the planet. Do the Ironman. Sounds kind of cool, right? And it was, but this time around, it was way different than a race. Older kids, they get it. They understand it. See us do hard stuff. And that kept me on track from a mental standpoint. Mm -hmm. There were so many times I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit almost every single day. Literally, I think every day, but probably once in the last five months of training, I said, yeah, all right, I'm done. It's not a good time in my life. I'll wait till next year. I mean, that was all the way up until like a week out from the race. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to defer to next year. And But I said, no way. I, I've, I've got to do this for me. And it kept me on track and it kept me in that right, that right mindset. Wow. So how did you talk yourself out of quitting every day? My whys, that was the biggest thing. I was like, my biggest reason, my why for being out here was my girls, my kids, my, my wife and my three daughters. I was like, I made a commitment to them and I'm gonna follow through. Because if they saw me quit and not do it or not follow through or defer, and then I was like, I don't want them thinking like, oh, my dad, you know, he quit or he, he you know, didn't follow through or he said, oh, we'll do it next year. I didn't want that because that also too, from a mental standpoint would impact me until the next time I had an opportunity to do it. So I was like, I, I don't want them to look at me like that. Not that I, you know, not that the girls are gonna look at me like that, but that was my internal struggle with it. I was like, mm -hmm. I gotta do it. I'm gonna give this done, I don't care. And you know, whatever it takes. And you did it. So besides the swim, what do you think the was the biggest challenge of the whole thing? Was Was it making the time to do the training? Was it physical pain? Yeah, the hardest, so there's, I, I can answer that question in, in, a, in two answers here. So the hardest part about it is the training and devote putting the time, especially during life. You've got a million things going on in our life and we're just trying to juggle this and that. I mean, I had a lot of runs where if you were driving around on a Thursday night at 10.30 p.m., you probably saw me on the start of a three hour run. 
I'd run for, you know, I'd run from 10.30 p.m. until 1.30 a.m. Well, there's no traffic at those hours. There is no traffic, but what I did realize is that you wake up a lot of dogs and a lot of animals, and, um, <laughs> and there are people that, you know, they may be leaving some of the bars in the local area, and they may have had a few too many drinks, and they may yell some things out to you and whatever, but... What an adventure. What an adventure. But And the second part of that whole thing was when I got in the swim, like I'm a comfortable swimmer. Like I said, I'm not a fast swimmer, but I'm comfortable being in the water. And I wasn't in the water for 10 seconds. I literally hopped it because it's two athletes at a time every two to four seconds. And I wasn't in the I wasn't in the water for two seconds and I had panicked so hard. No. Yes. I had a total panic attack in the water. It's never happened to me in my life. I got in there, I was hyperventilating, I'm like, oh my gosh, my day is going to end and I have not even hit the 50 yard uh, first buoy. And I had to talk myself, I was like, I had to have a, I had a real hard pep talk with myself for about seven minutes, because it was about seven minutes later before I hit that first buoy and then I was able to you know, continue on and go and I got in my rhythm and I was totally fine after that, but I just panicked, I don't know what it was, I don't know if it was emotion, I don't know if it was, just the anxiety of everything, the stress, the energy dump, whatever it may have been, I just panicked in there. But I had a few words to myself and uh, mm-hmm. said, Jeremy, you got to bleep, bleep, bleep. Let's get going and get this day done. And I'm so, so glad that, um, you know, I was able to talk myself through that and, and get it done. Wow. Good job. Thank you. we got to take a break, but we will be right back here on Half Hour to Health with Dr. Brooke Mills and with Ironheart Jeremy. Stay tuned. And now back to Half Hour to Health with your host, Dr. Stephanie from Crossroads Chiropractic. With Dr. Brooke from Crossroads Chiropractic with the very special guest, Ironheart Jeremy. Thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, Again, thank you so much for having me on today. So we're talking doing hard things. You just did your second Ironman. Crazy, crazy, crazy. We heard about that. But I wanted to talk with both of you about doing hard things on a day-to-day basis, particularly at the gym, because Brooke, you are now training for Miss America. I am. Miss America has a fitness component. You need to be fit. Yeah. You got to be fit to keep Miss America's schedule. And it's just being a healthy role model. So you're now in the gym with Jeremy. Yes. How do you face getting up and doing things that maybe you don't want to do, maybe that are challenging to do, and particularly physically challenging? Jeremy mentioned earlier the the like mental pep talks and I think that I consistently have to talk to myself and reiterate the goals that I have and the the reason behind why I'm doing what I'm doing and why it's important and it's providing value in my life. Sometimes that looks like, you know, it's good for my brain. It's going to make me feel better. I'm going to have happy endorphins after I go lift even if I don't want to go work out. Um, some days that's that's thinking about myself walking across the Miss America stage and wanting to make sure that I'm my strongest, most fit, best self and best version of who I can be. Um, so whatever that is, and it, it changes for me regularly what's resonating and what's making it feel important and impactful in my life to move my body or eat properly or any of the health habits that we've been able to talk about on the show recently. Uh, there, are, there are different things that are important to me on different given days. <laughs> um, but when it comes to the gym and pushing through that and working out, um, I really just think about all of its benefits for my body and how good I'm going to feel after it's done. I'm a little 
little bit of one of those like check mark freaks. I like to write things down and write my goals down and be able to cross them off at the end of the day or at the end of the month, whatever these goals are for me. So to be able to know that I had on my docket today to crush a workout and I did it, it feels so good on the other side. So Jeremy, what's the, what's the magic motivation that you use with your clients when they show up at the gym and there's, you know, a hard workout ahead of them? The magic motivation, I think, is what, you know, intrinsically you tell yourself, Mm -hmm. client. And like, and one of the things I like to say with my clients is like, the most important part about this whole thing, like there's no like secret sauce, right? It's believe in yourself. Like just believe in what you can do. Now, every day is gonna be a little bit different. You may, like there are days, there may be days when you just don't feel like getting up and getting into the gym. Like to me, those are the days that are the absolute most most important days to get in there because um, you've once you get in there, you've done and you've accomplished that workout. You've done something hard for that day. You didn't want to do it. You accomplished it. Now you can move on. Like you said, you know, checking off the list. Like it enables you. Like okay, I've already done this. I checked that off the list. I'm going to move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. What's the next hard thing that I can do that I can check off? It's just it comes back to believe in yourself and what you can do for that day and for that week and month and whatever the goals might be. I feel like you have a very empowering voice too. He's like, okay, on to the next set, on to the next. <laughs> He's so on top of everything. <laughs> I wish that, that same voice and that resonated with my 15, my 12, because they're just like, yeah, okay, daddy, that's, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever you say. So. I'm sure they still hear your voice in their heads. Uh, maybe not as much. <laughs> so if somebody wanted to work out with you, how do they get in touch with you? What are the opportunities for them to work out, assuming they're here in the Concord area? Yeah, uh, so there's actually two different ways. And even if you are not in the Concord area, even if you are across the country right now. So we have an opportunity, you, you can you can message me through our website, livelifethefittest.com. Uh, you can work out with me through one-on-one or in group training. Although many of my one-on-one slots are pretty much already uh, all booked, but I do have small group training. But we also have an online component. So I've been working with um, people from all over the country. We have a, my wife and, ha- my wife and I have a group. It's our Live Life to the Fittest Empower group. And it's been awesome. It's been very successful. It's starting to grow. It's picking up some steam lately. And uh, so, yeah, it's been it's been really good to be able to have people in there and, and form this really, really tight-knit, fun community. Awesome. And where can they find you on Instagram? At Ironheart Jeremy. Okay. And people that are wanting to follow you, Brooke, because you're on a very exciting once-in-a-lifetime journey to Miss America right now. I am. Um, on Instagram, you can find us at Miss America NH. That's really on any social media platform. It's always Miss America NH. And you can find me personally at Dr. Brooke Mills. Okay. Now, we've been talking about hard things relative to fitness. How about hard things relative to fueling your body? I feel like that might be the other big thing that America is finding challenging these days. Absolutely. So I think you and I spoke about this on our last show and I keep going, you know, I personally keep going back to it. Water, the appropriate water. Like I talk to so many people out there and, you know, one of the first things I ask most of my clients is, you know, what's your water intake look like to all two things. I'll ask them what their water intake looks like and what their protein intake looks like. And they are lacking severely in both. 
um, you know, most of most of my client, you know, coming in as a new client, they're like at half of what their recommended water should be. So that's one of the first things we work on, as well as protein. I think protein is the secret weapon to all of this. So making sure that we can get them up to an appropriate protein um, protein level. So what is a roundabout appropriate protein level? Anywhere from 0.8 to one gram of protein per body uh, per pound of um, desired body weight per day. Per day. Okay, that's reasonable. Yeah, my, I, I, so I, I'll give you for an example. I try to shoot for 170 grams of protein per day, me personally. When I am you know, in the 120s, 130s, my energy levels are low, I feel crummy. I typically, those nights, I'll sleep not that great. So it is my personal goal each day to hit 170-ish grams of protein. So what does a meal look like for you then? We got a couple of eggs would give you a good amount of protein in the breakfast. Yeah, so uh, if, so I'll have, typically I'll go with two or three large eggs uh, for breakfast. Um, I usually, because I think tuna fish is an awesome bang for your buck. Um, so tuna fish a couple days per week or on the days I'm not having tuna fish, turkey. Um, we try to batch chicken as well. Like we'll make a lot of chicken in the, in the front end of the week so that during the week it's just easy to grab and go. Um, I mean, chicken is an incredible source too. Um, and just, you know, I, I also have a, a, pro, a, a my favorite protein that I typically take once a day. So I'll have a protein shake and that usually gives me, if I don't add any extra in, it's typically 24 grams of protein per head. So it's not that hard to get that in. No. You just have to, you just have to think about it and plan it out. So you need to not be the American carbitarian. That is right. <laughs> I don't feel like carbs are necessarily bad. Not, I don't feel that oh, carbs are a great, you know, they're a great source of energy and everything, but Americans typically we eat too much sugar, too much carbs, and... Not enough protein. Correct. Yeah. And not enough vegetables. Absolutely. I find that mental switch of just prioritizing protein if you're not changing anything in your diet is really impactful to be able to... Um, just understand where your source of energy is coming from and swapping those things for things that have more protein in them makes you feel more full and fulfilled and helps sustain my energy longer personally than a, a, just a carbohydrate. So you are a guilty camel. Like we have been on you since you were a small child to drink water. Yes. Did you say, did you hear her call me a camel? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She, they would call me a camel like all throughout my childhood because I really didn't like drinking water. I pretty much refused drinking water and now I'm a picky water drinker. So it's very hard. I travel with a large water bottle at all times because I don't like city water. I can taste the difference between different qualities of water. <laughs> and so I can't drink water at restaurants <laughs> and things of that my I still get made fun of now not for not being a camel but now for being a picky water drinker but it really took me quite a long time to be able to accept and start drinking a lot more water what actually helped me was I did the 75 hard challenge back in 2020 and you had to drink a gallon of water a day and that was very hard for me talking about harder do, doing hard things I would have to chug like every single night I tried chugging every morning to get myself ahead of the game um, and it helped the more exercise that I did <laughs> um, but you know after I was done 75 hard I needed water like I was just I found myself thirsty which I had never found myself thirsty before I know it's so bad so I, I hear you on the water I'm thankfully I think recovered you're a recovered camel I'm a recovered camel you also bought yourself one of those fancy overpriced name brand the hydro 
A hydro flask. A hydro flask. Okay, yeah. with the handle and the straw. A Stanley. Yeah, a Stanley. Stanley That's yeah. what it is. My no. kids are obsessed with Stanleys. On a yes. Christmas list, it's Stanley. This color, Stanley. Two hundred dollars just in Stanley. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are worse things you could be buying. Yep. It was a good investment for me. It's made you happy. It's yep. made you drink more water, mm-hmm. and it's always in your hand now. Yep. And it's also simple math for me. I have to drink two a day. That's so easy. Mm-hmm. I think we should at some point have a discussion. I would love to talk to you about 75 Heart. Heart. I did it in 2021. Nice. And it was incredible. And the same thing, like you had to have that water. You did. You had to. 10 o'clock at night, if you still got 30 ounces of water, you're going to be up all night. Mm -hmm. You're in trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we should do another show on 75 Heart. (laughs) That seemed to be the thing that people did during COVID. Yes. Yeah. Lockdown and maybe. That's when I did it. Yeah. Needed that extra focus because it took extra effort to do the healthy things for yourself during that time in so an glad. extreme manner but it was fun yeah i like challenges glad it's over glad that that part of hopefully that part of history is over in many many ways i'm thankful that that part of history might be over <laughs> so healthy choices doing hard things it was a great show i can't believe we're out of time We really should do this again. We thank you for listening. This show was sponsored today by Crossroads Chiropractic. This month, you can have a complete exam with any necessary x-rays for $59 at three locations, Pembroke, Meredith, or in Epping, New Hampshire. Give us a call at 603-575-9080. That's 603-575-9080 or on the web at crossroadschiropractic.com. And if you want to go work out with Jeremy, it is livelifetothefittest.com. Until next time, we wish you a healthy, happy, wonderful weekend. You've been listening to Half Hour to Health with Dr. Stephanie from Crossroads Chiropractic. Be sure to tune in next week right here on The Pulse of New Hampshire.